everyone, welcome to um the Ultimate Awesomeness Podcast. This is our first episode, so um hope you guys enjoy it and have fun with it. Yep. <laughs> so uh the first thing I think we're gonna talk about is the news, and then we'll jump right into Thor, and then uh we'll talk about comics after that. So um The first news I want to talk about is uh, what is it? Um, Bendis joining um, DC Comics. He signed a contract, right? An exclusive contract recently. And yep. um, what did you what did you think about it, Eric? I mean, ah, oh, I should introduce. <laughs> I have Eric here. Um, Hi. And uh, my name is I'm Stephen. I think that's that's how it should go, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, the Bendis sign up for DC. Um, how did you feel about it, Eric? I mean, what do you think of it? Well, as we both know, uh, Brian Michael Bendis has been with Marvel Comics for at least the last fifteen or so years, I think. Um, I don't have a lot of familiarity with him, his writing as much as probably more other, uh, with as much as other people might have. Um, but, um, the, the news when I read it was really surprising and interesting to me just because knowing that he's such a big name from Marvel, pretty much only Marvel. Um, it's fascinating to see that he decided to move to the other side of, uh, the big two um it's exciting for the new opportunities that this could arise for him storytelling wise and also just like what he can bring that's different to the table for um dc any dc character he works on i mean people are already making memes about how his style of writing and bendis speak um will be used in the dc universe but um i don't know i i don't i'm not burnt out by that as much as everyone else so i'm just kind of interested to see how he allows characters to interact what kind of situations he's going to put his characters in i think i'm only concerned with the only thing i'm concerned with when it comes to his style of writing that people complain about that i have noticed is that he kind of for the sake of his own stories he does tend to ignore continuity a little bit um, yeah oh god i hate that <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm if anything i'm worried about that because what i like about dc is as much as people think it's not a solid continuity it is a very solid continuity that's been fairly consistent for the last 75 or so years um so i'm interested to see how that all goes um i'm really interested i'm, I'm really curious as to um who he's going to write for if he's going to be just starting off with a little mini series if he's going to actually be put on like one of the major books replacing one of the current writers which would you know kind of suck for whoever's currently writing but if he's better than them i don't care <laughs> but if he's it, but if it's someone i'm enjoying then that would suck um like oh. I, I would i would hate that i mean as much as i know he wants to do batman stories i would hate him taking over for tom king right now because i want tom king to kind of get off his stay on batman? i do want him to stay on batman um i, I don't <laughs> i've been enjoying i've been enjoying his stuff um on there 
and I, I want to because I think it's been getting better as he goes and gets more used to what he's doing and what he's allowed to do. So um, I feel like his stuff can only get better on his Batman run. Mm. Um, and I feel like if Bendis really wants to make his Batman story, he should do. I hope they just kind of allow him to do sort of his own one shot or miniseries a la the Batman White Knight, which to me for DC is better because they're already putting as many Batman stories as they can. And as long as they're all good, yeah, I don't they, really they're oversaturated already. They have that um, Batman Prince Charming and White Knights. The Prince Charming is not so bad. That's just an original graphic novel. Yeah, that was alright. I read it the first issue. That was alright. I haven't read it yet, but it um, it's it's just that's just more of its own original graphic novel that they're for some reason separating into two hardbound issues. Um, I I don't really know what that's about, but it's the artwork's great, so I'm not complaining. Too well, much. I have I, to I, deal with Joker like uh, again another another Joker story. Yeah, Batman. I, I, I honestly am not someone who minds what I guess what people perceive as kind of oversaturation at saturation of characters and stuff as long as they work. I think the reason why people complain about oversaturation, say for like before uh, regular Logan was killed. Um, yeah, no, Wolverine used to get it a lot. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like that's because a lot of the titles that he was in was just dumb storytelling and shoehorning him in mm -hmm. except for a couple of small titles that he was people enjoyed him in and uh, it's the same thing now I, it's not so much that there's too much x-men titles out on marvel it's that not all of them are great to a lot of people and x-men fans so that's what makes it bad but to me with that oh. with batman all the i know they calm down with the x-men titles they only have like a few i mean like well i mean with the x-men titles it's 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 X-Men Blue, X-Men Gold. Yeah. Old Man Logan. X-Men, Old Man Logan, Jean Grey, Iceman, Cable, technically. Yeah, Cable. Weapon X, Generation X. Never mind, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And then they're still doing the Phoenix Resurrection. Before, they only had uh, Extraordinary X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, there was only Extraordinary Uncanny. And Old Man Logan. I think that was it. Old Man Logan. Um... And then there was probably one or two more, but um, yeah. But uh, it's definitely gotten to that point, and it's again, and it's not so bad. I don't mind all that. It's more that they're not all top quality. I mean, at least with with the three X like main X Men titles, I've heard good things about them, but they're not like um ground breaking to a lot of people. They're just enjoyable. Well, the only one I don't like is X Men Blue. I like X Men Gold and Old Man Logan. I've been, right. I think Old Man Logan is the best one, to be honest. I've, it's it's a great I title. I, I love the whole Jeff Lemire run. So I've been loving it a lot. Like, um, I know they if before it was Jeff Lemire, and then they changed the writer to um, Ed Bryson, something like that. Yeah, he's a the. The, the new guy out there. Yeah, he's a new guy. Uh, I really like his writing a lot. It's pretty good, and I do like the story they're coming with. Um, he's fighting Maestro, the the Hulk with the with the beard. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure I even said his. I know I said it too fast. Maestro. Yeah. 
I've yeah. read it myself, um, the stuff with Ed Bryson. I, I, I'm waiting to just kind of read it in trades. But I've heard good things about it, yeah. and that the title's still holding up strong. It is still holding up. I really like it. It's pretty well. But, um, but going back to... Um, yeah, the band discs. We went off track a little bit. Well, yeah, going back, it's like, yeah, oversaturation Batman. I don't I don't think it's a bad idea that to have him just start off to wet, get his feet wet in DC to just kind of do a one-shot or um, uh, um, a miniseries before he gets put on something more ongoing or larger. Um, I'm actually, I'm also curious to see him, um, what character, characters he creates, because he's known for creating um, some very popular characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, not, I mean, and some unpopular ones, like, and not everyone seems to like Ironheart. Uh, I like her. I mean, I didn't like, I think she has potential, but I don't think Bendis is doing that well with her. Like, yeah. I haven't read any of the Ironheart stuff except the little bit she's been in uh, uh, in Secret Empire, um, and I, I like I liked her fine in that. I think my perception of the series is that, and it's the same kind of problem I have with say like America is that um, because they're trying to make her like this uh, bigger character, more popular character, they're trying to make her like everyone's best friend in the Marvel Universe. No. Um, and when it comes to, to Riri, it's... Um, I, don't know. Well, I, did like, I did like her origin story, but after that, it just fell off for me. Like, I don't know yeah. what happened. Like, the but, first um, four issues were good, and then it just... It just fell off after that, and, like, it just became yeah. terrible to... I think she can do better with another writer. Like the concept yeah. is good. It's just that uh, her concept is good. It's just that um, I feel like the way they handled it was poor. And it and it's something that doesn't help to me. Like my my um, understanding is that there was already kind of a character that could have been basically Riri that already existed. Yeah, there uh, was one it? character. Um, there was like um, Rhodey's James Rhodey's sister. Yeah, sister, like I knew it was a relative of his. Who could have had the same thing? She's already tied into Iron Man. She's already tied into that mythos, and it could tie into the whole. Yeah, she was in. Kind of um, she was in the. I know she was in the Iron Patriot series that was short lived. Right. And I think she was something else before that. And yeah. She was just. I don't know. She had her own armor in the Iron Patriot series. I remember. Right. Like one issue, and that was it. Seems to me like if she already had her armor, if she already has connection to Tony and to Rhodey and the fact that Rhodey died and all this other stuff, then she could have been used. But it feels like they went with Riri because Bendis wanted a character that he gets to keep the knowledge that he created her and stuff like that. And that's yeah, kind of I noticed he has a fascination with creating his own characters like Mars Morales. Yeah, and a lot of them work. A lot of them work. Um, you know, they're still mm -hmm. used today. Uh, Miles Morales being the best example of that. And his whole, you know, um, ultimate universe stuff is well praised. Yeah. But, it is. Um, that's what, that's what, um, where I started to like him was, um, I really started to like him in House of M and then Ultimate Universe afterwards. Yeah. And like I said, I haven't read a lot, any of that really, and I need to get into it. Um, 
I do like what I've read. I like the only all different Iron Man series that I, when I started, the only reason I stopped reading it was because the artwork changed and I didn't like it. Yeah, it got terrible after the artwork changed. <laughs> yeah, I preferred what's his name. Um, I forget his name, like uh, it's like Mahmoud or something. And they had the spinoff title like International uh, Iron Man. Like what was the point of that? Yeah, and they, by yeah. Bendis. <laughs> that was confusing to me because I didn't know if I should read that. I, I was still barely getting into uh, reading monthly comics and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to read that too. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm not. I just didn't understand why they had two Iron Man series going at the same time with the same writer. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I know International Iron Man was supposed to have its own kind of flavor to it, but I didn't get it. And I to me, it, I don't think it had its own flavor. It just yeah, it was basically the same month. thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I enjoyed that series, and that's that's my main kind of connection to him. Um, and I, I, I like how he wrote Tony in that. I like the whole Madame Mask arc. Yeah, the Madame um, Mask arc was pretty good. I liked it. And I like how they changed her costume in that one. Yeah, he's good. He's a good writer, and I can I, I do give him that. And I, I, I'm just curious to see where, where he goes with it. I'm, I, you know, we can speculate who he's going to write for, you know, all the time, but it's, um, you know, it's, I, I want to just kind of keep it as a surprise because he can really do anything there, and I'll check it out because you know people say he's not good with teenagers people say he's not good with oh not teenagers i mean uh he's not good at teen books he's not good at uh the space stuff but i feel like maybe he was he didn't know the characters well enough in uh marvel or something that he could probably do it better in dc he could probably do a team book in dc and be fine because they have a different well, dynamic from my point of view i uh I, I think he used to, he used to be a good writer to me like he used to be one of my favorites but then I think after all new X Men he just completely fell off I don't know what happened uh-huh. like his writing started to become really bad mm-hmm. like I did I started to not like his um even the Miles Morales Spider Man like when the all new uh the all new all different Marvel came out. Mm-hmm. We had um, Spider-Man with it's the series called Spider-Man with Miles Morales, and I really didn't like it because uh, it seemed like he didn't have his internal struggles anymore. Because um, what is it? His mom came back alive. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he's he's I mean he's happy that his mom's back alive, but uh, it's like he doesn't have any struggles anymore and his dad is not an asshole anymore i don't know he just bendis just retconned his personality for some reason yeah see i don't know the the differences between i enjoyed it for what it is i don't know all that other stuff because in, in the ultimate universe he was um his dad hated him because he found out he was spider-man and he he just had some he hated mutants and he thought his son was a mutant Mm, okay. Something like that. And after a while, they um, retconned that and they said that he was like some S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, which I didn't like. And they're like, he's like cool. He's cool with his son right now. And just out of nowhere, they didn't explain how he's cool with his son. Like his, his son comes back, back, comes back into his life. Because he actually leaves him like home alone. 
I remember at one point, and then he just comes back and and instead of saying that he hate him for being a mutant or being not, he's not a mutant. He's like he, he kept thinking he was a mutant, and uh, he hated him being Spider Man. Um, what is it? Uh, yeah, he instead of that, he said that all. Oh, he just went to do a undercover um mission with for Shield, and they showed his origin of being part of shield and i'm like right, what happened to him leaving his son because he was spider-man i just didn't get that i think it had it's to like, do with all the shenanigans that with the incursions and folding the universes together so therefore um um yeah they wiped all that away they just yeah left it yeah i don't i don't for someone like me who was new to it, it was fine for me, and it works because I don't know anything of that. But oh. I guess that, that'll change. Up. We'll see if that changes it when I read all the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff and uh, see how I enjoy one over the other. I guess um, it was better written there than what it is now because it seems like he doesn't have any flaws right now. I don't know. It just—that's another problem that I can see with. Uh, with Bendis, with his characters, is that he tends to make them flawless. Yes, I kind of hate that. They've been doing that a lot lately. They did that with, yeah, they did they doing that with Miles, Riri, and um, Moon Girl, whatever that little character with the dinosaur, Moon Girl. Yeah, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur. I think with Moon Girl, it's just that's kind of the the kind of the concept is that she's super smart, and it's also because they kind of sell it as a kids book anyway. So with kids, you don't want like a I don't know. I haven't read it, so I only read a couple issues. So I, I read know. it. It's not that good. I I I dropped it. I just because they made her seem like she knows everything, but she doesn't know everything. Yeah, she's a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, it, it does well in trades because at books book fairs and stuff. It's like, like they should have made her the smartest person in the world because she really isn't the smartest person in the world. Yeah. It limits them like the things that she comes up with is like really that's what you came up with like we could have done something better than that or <laughs> or somebody yeah. else could have done something better it just didn't make any much sense that's and i think america is another character like that america is another character who's been being flawless so i think that is the main problem with the diversity with um a lot of people don't are not happy with the diversity because a lot of the characters are have no flaws yeah and they should well it's it's even that is like a, a weird thing too because it shows that if you make them fl- with flaws and they might not sell well or whatever or if you do make them with flaw and it's it's both a storytelling problem and a flaw pro- in a flaw, um in per- uh, what do you call that the kind of infallibility of a character's thing because with America like the writing is just terrible overall. I've read the first issue the first couple issues. It's very hard to read. The art's good. I enjoy it with so far. I mean I haven't been picking up lately. And I I, I found it a lot of it really bad pandering. Like I'm I I don't know, maybe it's because I'm Mexican, (laughs) not Puerto Rican, so I don't like like all the Puerto Rican uh stuff doesn't I I find pandering and stuff like that. Well, I mean, like, uh, she does a lot of Spanglish, where the characters are doing a lot of Spanglish. See, but that's the thing. The Spanglish doesn't bother me, because I was reading Nova, 
Oh, uh, Sam, and <laughs> there was a lot of Sam. And Spanglish was perfect in that because it made more sense. Like the little bit I read in the other one, it just like it seems like she's just dropping words to sound cool. And it's weird because you know I know that the writer's Puerto Rican, but I, what, that's what I mean with that is that um, I I might not just connect to the Puerto Rican stuff. So to me, it just sounds like they're pandering to all Hispanics. But I'm like, really confused about um because. I think they had to fix some America's origin because they said that she comes like from another earth where it has no American heritage or even Latino heritage, which that makes no sense. Like to me, like why is a character wearing American colors if the earth she comes from doesn't even have America? I mean, like it does have United States of America. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's how does that, that make any sense? And how is she Latina? If she's where she comes from doesn't even have Latinos. Like. Like it's the heritage is not there whatsoever. It's just not existent. That, you know, that's the things though. That those are the things that kind of bother me. There's like a lot of weird storytelling things that don't make sense, and that just they're shoehorning things in, instead of making. That's it more one thing they've like been shoehorning in, which is uh, the gay, um, her being gay. Yeah, of. like it should be more natural. Like that's what I, what I was talking about with Nova. I read Nova because I heard the first issue was good, and I was interested in reading a story with Sam and Richard Ryder, two characters I'm not too familiar with. I'm not familiar with the Nova stuff. I, you know, and I've always heard bad things about Sam because blah blah this and that. What I didn't know was that Sam is Hispanic. Yeah, but, they didn't really. And I read um, the first issue. They didn't make it I, obvious too. Yeah, mm. and, I, and I read the first issue, and I loved it. I loved the artwork. I love the writing style. I love the story. It's it was simple. It was you know nice, you know young adult kind of style of uh, writing. It wasn't overly complicated, but it was cool badass um, fight scenes. I loved the work they did with Richard. And then, well, like I said, with the the but like I said with Sam, I didn't know he was Hispanic. I didn't know he was Hispanic kind of, either. It just it's just kind of there, but it made sense and it worked and it's and. His dynamic with his mom and his his sister, um, yeah, was very familiar like the, to me. And the struggles yeah. with, um, you know, his mom had to pay bills, of, like being a single parent. Yeah, cared to. I don't really, And she's like worried really about do. Sam coming from coming back home from space. Yeah. yeah, and I like that. It all made sense. Like even how she knew he was a superhero and all this stuff. Yeah, and how she still had that like. Latina mom being worried for her son thing like it like he was just kind of going out with friends or had an after school job and it and I like that and the the Spanglish wasn't a problem because it sounds just like how my my mom and dad and me yeah talk, you know my mom talked like that too and I did so, I I do talk like that some like a little bit but not as much as my parents did. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, so it's just, but it, it it made more sense because it's not in your face. And it's the same thing with, uh, like even um, say uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghostwriter, is that you know it's not. I don't. I, I can enjoy it, but I don't get into it as much because I'm not part of that. Spanish I did culture. like Ghostwriter series is pretty good. I mean, with Robbie Reyes, it was the first yeah. one, not the second one. It, I, I liked it. I read the first trade of that, of the original one, and I liked it. I liked the character and everything. I don't relate to the whole Cholo thing, so it was so I didn't like finish it because it's hard for me to get into that stuff. Um, oh. But but I I it still also made sense. 
and yeah. everything's obviously he's you know Mexican from East LA and Vato this and Vato that. You know, it's it's yeah. just normal like dude who's taking care of his little brother. He you know he likes cars. He you know he works hard for yeah, his family. Yeah, I did like and, that. And and it's like he was supporting um, his brother by himself. Yeah, and it it made sense. It's not like an obvious thing that he's Hispanic. It's just he happens to be in the scene. And I wish it was more like that with America. Um, and yeah. I wish it was like that with a lot of characters who are uh, of an, a certain ethnicity that they introduced. Everything is become is um, has to be like is oh cool look they're so Hispanic they're so black they're so Asian right <laughs> and that can well, get on my nerves because it's just like, weird how um, America is. She's in her face about the gay thing, like being gay, and it's like, can we just talk about more about being, her being besides gay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. From your perspective, you know, you you don't need to, you don't feel like you need to um, define yourself completely by your sexuality. It's just it just happens to be an aspect to yourself, not yeah. That's what it's supposed sense. to be like. Like it's I just get... something that. I do. That's it. But yeah. I don't make my whole life about it. Yeah, that's the thing I find when it comes to literature like that. It could be more, with like whether it's books, television, whatever. Um, with gay characters, is that they, it doesn't always have to be about them being gay. It can just be. Yeah, there are some people that are like that. That's the problem. There are some people that make gay um culture their life. I mean, like. Yeah, that's fine too. And that's fine if that's the character and it may, it feels like that's your character, but America it feels like she's trying to be just a normal person who happens to be gay, but they're writing her like the person who can't stop talking about being gay. Because the yeah, writer herself because the writer <laughs> herself is she's a lesbian and she's the kind of oh, okay. she is the kind of I kinda of figured because I mean, I don't wanna judge looks, but she did look like a lesbian, but gotcha, yeah. You never know with that, so I don't wanna assume I didn't want to assume that she was gay. Uh, of course, you, but yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, reading about it, that you know she is she's a gay Latina, writing a gay Latina. So of course, that's something you want to do. You want to let people who have that similar background want to write for that character. Yeah. But, um, sometimes in this case, particularly, it's just um, it feels like, and I, you know, I know people are liking it, and that's cool. If you like it, that's cool. I am liking I it just, a little bit. I just because I do like the parts where she's at the school and she's talking about prodigy. And mm -hmm. she's dealing with her um, grandmother because she she found out her grandmother's a superhero. Yeah, I like this how she's dealing with that, but everything else is kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing, and that's how I found it. Is is I found it boring. I found it the writing, the dialogue well, clunky and stuff. I like, like it more than Iceman. Iceman was just god awful. I just couldn't read it anymore it I like <laughs> it left me like stressed out because uh i didn't i didn't want iceman to be gay I, um i just read it to see how they would do it and they just ah uh, it made him to a really stereotypical gay character and uh it just sounds it's just so forced <laughs> right it's like it's only all the guy i could ever talk about is him being gay and i found out the writer's gay too He's a gay male, so it's like it's just I don't like how he's writing the Iceman character. Like the first thing he he the first thing that comes on the like the issue was him 
dating a like going signing up for a gay uh website and looking for gay guys to date and it's just like can we just talk about you know him being a mutant fighting super, um you know villains and stuff like that like yeah i get that you know it's the same thing uh, it is weird like um like there was one issue where his parents are treating him like shit and uh he decides to come out to them and i'm like why do they even they don't even see you they don't they hate you because you're a mutant they don't even talk to you and like all of a sudden just because you you had you found out you were gay you had to come out to them. You don't have to come out to everybody in the whole world. Jeez. <laughs> come right. out to the people who actually care about you, not the people you don't even talk to for, like, years. Right. It just I didn't make that. any sense. And I don't know, but he didn't have to come out because he already... I mean, he didn't have to be gay because uh, he already had struggles with his parents before, and the, the struggle was that he was just a mutant. So that's that's kind of related to, that's relatable to, I mean, that's relatable to, um, how gay people feel. That's not, they don't have to be gay in order to feel, to know how a gay person feels. I mean, like, it didn't make much sense to make him gay. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't see that. Like, Iceman was like my, is my favorite character out of all the Marvel characters. And, um, I was always re- able to relate to him even when he was straight. So to me, making him gay was kind of unnecessary. And that was Bendis' idea. I don't know where he came up with that, but he said that a lot of people used to make jokes about it because he failed in constant relationships, but I failed in constant relationships with with men, and does that make me straight? No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it didn't make sense that, oh, he's, he says, He's um, constantly failing, have failed relations with women. That means he's gay. No, that's not how it works. But that's how Bendis made it seem like. Right. And that's why I noticed a lot of people did not like that. I get that. And uh... yeah, but um, I think uh, what is it? I think Bendis. Um, I not have not been liking his um series as late like. The Spider-Man, Jessica Jones. I didn't like Defenders either. It was okay. It was, it was, it was good at first, but then it started falling off. And um, another problem with Bendis' writing is that uh, he tends to um, try to fill in the pages. Like, he doesn't get to the point until, like, the last three pages. Like, it's full of gibberish of, co- like, conversations. Just, like, not getting anywhere and just just like get to the point like I don't want to have an ongoing conversation that has nothing to do with the story it's just constant talking and it's like uh right like he has like a double slash panel and he had two characters talking to each other doing that whole those two double slash panels and I'm like why <laughs> like come on I just want to <laughs> I just want to get to the story I don't want to have like a conversation like reading a conversation we have with somebody so i mean that can work if it's done well so yeah the, it's just it just gets really boring like it was one time we were talking it was maria hill and jessica jones talk, constantly talking and just 
at it didn't get to the plot point until the end of like the last five pages and I'm like fantasy just trying to fill up the pages come on <laughs> and that's why i hope he doesn't get into doing when he when he gets to dc i just hope um <clears throat> he gets um past that and i just hope um dc doesn't allow bandits to write that mean too many books So I noticed, yeah, we'll how, I noticed how Marvel he's makes him write so many books at once. Like he's writing Iron Man, Jessica Jones, Spider Man, mm. and Defenders. Oh, yeah, like, Defenders. And that's a lot of books already. I mean, like that's like yeah. five books, and I think he should like when he moves to DC, he should write like one or two, <clears throat> one or two books. And that'd be it. Like, yep. not writing like five yep. books at the same time. Yeah, we'll and we'll see. It's um, it's definitely an interesting project uh, project for him to come upon, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm excited one way or the other. Um, it's 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 just good. I, I like seeing new things like this. Um, we'll see if it. The challenge itself. Uh, yeah. Will, and, um, will give him better writing because I, also... I, I feel it. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I just hope um his power series doesn't get uh canceled. I actually like that series a lot, and he hasn't messed up on that one. His own, it's his own creative. Is is his own indie um project? I mean, like. No, yeah, that one I was aware of. Yeah, it's from he writes it from Marvel um independent um publisher. It's called Icon. Yeah, and, uh, I think the same artist is the one who's doing Cave Carson has a cybernetic. Eye. Yeah, it is the same. It's Michael Michael Owens, I think. Owens yeah. or something. Oh, is it Owens? Owens. Yeah. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I like that series a lot, and I just kind of hope it doesn't get canceled because he's moving to DC. Yeah, I'm also curious to see the artist he works with. I don't know. It's just a lot of interesting things, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm not. I'm I'm not negative about it, but that's probably because I don't have as much. I'm I'm been uh, negative about it because I haven't liked what he's been writing currently. But I'm kind of hopeful that yeah. he actually does good because I've seen him done good in the past. It's just he's not doing good currently, so it's like maybe because he's writing so many books at the same time, maybe yeah. just uh, DC does give him a few books to write. Yeah. I mean, people have been liking his uh-huh. Defenders and his Jessica Jones still. Um, that's all I know. Uh. But his other stuff is where people have been hating. And then, of course, Civil War II, people thought was garbage. Oh, my God. That was just horrible. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll get to do yeah. the next event, too, and he'll do better at DC than he did in Marvel. I mean, didn't he do Secret Invasion? Yeah, I just never read that one, I think. I just I liked Secret Invasion. I liked the concept of it. I mean, it... I mean, I didn't read Marvel at the time, so I don't know how it affected everything, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed on his concept, so. um, Adventures vs. X-Men. That was really good, too. Yeah, I remember that one. I didn't read that one, but people always hear mixed things about it, but I want to read it eventually. But um, anyway, he, he, he's he got a lot on his plate. Uh, we'll see, I guess, in the coming months uh, what he's going to be working on. I don't yeah. I don't expect a news an announcement for a series that he's going to be doing at least until a month or two, like probably not until January 
uh, previews and hit the first issue probably not until March, April. Yeah, I think it'll be a while because they haven't announced when anything when is when is um yeah they haven't announced anything where where he's fighting or when is the series when is the Marvels any of the Marvel books um he's currently he's gonna jump off of yeah yeah I, I'm curious so, about that too because like uh, say um. Alright. And uh this pre- I don't know <laughs> what is it, uh the Miles Morales Spider Man. Uh I wonder how is it gonna feel if someone else decides to write that series. Cause no one else has been written that character before. It's always been Bendis. Well at least not by himself, because he's shown up at other things. Yeah, of course. I mean like solo title. I mean like that's solo. Yeah. I mean, this is. It's, I think it's a good experience for him to let go of his characters and let someone else give him a try. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, he needs to just kind of step back and let someone else have a go at his characters. And he, and hopefully, he understands that. And hopefully, uh, it's a good thing for him to kind of let go. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll see. Um. What was I gonna say? Um. But yeah, he he the 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 next pre the most recent previews uh, solicitations is for what January, so I I wouldn't expect to see an announcement for anything until later this month for February stuff or March or something near January for March's stuff. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be started writing DC until like late 2018. I don't know about that far ahead. I mean, it's possible. It's very possible that it. Because he's still writing the book. I mean, for January solicitations. I don't know. There hasn't been February yet, so I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how many I issues he has left for all his Marvel series, and then you know, he he might be wrap. They might be letting him do like what Tom King did, wrap up his arc with Vision, like he he did yeah. to DC, and maybe let him wrap up his arcs first. Or at least while he's working on his uh, his uh, first scripts for DC, because who knows? He, you know, he might be have been thinking about this for months, and he's been working on his DC stuff and pitches for a while. So he probably mm-hmm. already has those in the works. So who? Um, and then who's going to be working with? I guess check his Twitter to see what cryptic tweets he's going to send out and what kind of hints he's going to make. Yeah. Um, so we'll so, see. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Um, what do you think of um Disney um potentially buying um Fox? I think it's, it's not all of Fox. It's just you're not buying the 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 TV um network and the um sports section of Fox, but you're buying everything else. Yeah. Well, um, my understanding of these kind of things is that it's um, yeah. it's it's just talks, so there's no yeah, it's deal reasonably buying yet. Um, that's the plan of it's, what they're doing. Yeah, there's no real reason to believe that they're actually going to be successful, whether or not whether they're really doing it, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. So it's, in, it's an interesting thought, but at the same time, the only reason I want them to buy out Fox or even just buy out any Marvel licenses is for the Fantastic Four stuff and Cosmic Marvel. I don't care if they ever buy X-Men because I don't want, as much as people want to see Wolverine and Captain America fighting side by side, I think the X-Men part of the Marvel Universe is the most confusing 
fucked up kind of <laughs> part of all of Marvel because it it just it doesn't make sense within the realm of everything else because all these other characters with powers are well liked and loved and adored but all the mutants are hated for some yeah. reason jurisdiction I, it has always been a a problem with to me with with X-Men being a, a full on part of the Marvel universe to me they should have always been its own thing um, but that's just, I mean, that's, they never knew it was going to become what it became. I mean, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby just created these characters and they just didn't want to make origins. They just wanted them to be born with it. And um, and sure, other characters in the Marvel Universe also are disliked, but that's for different things that they're individual things. But the overall um, thoughts on metahumans in, in Marvel, it seems to be that, oh, there are heroes, you know, um, there's still... But with Marvel, with mutants, it's all like, oh, I can't believe my kid's a mutant. I can't believe yeah. this. Oh, we can't let... And it's so stupid to me. That, well, so, I liked it at first, but I think it, after a while, it just got bored. Like, like, you know, like, I think they should just, uh, like, have humans gradually accept mutants and... Yeah, not hate them as much anymore. Like you know, yeah. like how you know people wasn't very well accepting of gay people, and that now they gradually is more accepting now these days than it was before. And they should have done something with the mutants like that, like something that that people used to not accept, and now people do. I mean, like they I mean, do focus way too much on like humans hating mutants. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the whole thing with the mutants is, and it's a good allegory for um, racism, homophobia and all that. It just, yeah, uh, it is. It's, it's, um, it's been become this thing that it's fine in the comic books at this point. It's people are used to it. It works how they work it and they've, you know, modernized it. But I feel like to integrate that into the regular Marvel universe, movie universe, it's just going to be a big, complicated mess oh. to do that. Um and I think Fox current. I, I feel like with 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 that is I think Marvel should keep the X Men universe mostly away um, in its own thing because if they work with them like how they do, they're trying to do with Spider Man, it would be better for Fox and them and not try to int- integrate it. If they want, they can definitely like do some time travely multiversal stuff to get Wolverine at the very least into. Uh, uh, the main Marvel universe, so he can fight with them. But outside of that, I don't want to see it because it's just it's just too much. It's too silly. It's too complicated. I've, because, you know. I still have hope for it because I don't like the current X Men movies. I mean, to me, I don't feel like they do the characters right. Yeah, and I, nah. I get that too. I get that. Um, I feel like Marvel could actually do a better job than what Fox is doing. I mean. Yeah, I I understand all that, and that's I know why people have hope for it because they want to see their their you know proper X Men uniforms. They want to see this and that. No, I don't care I about just, the uniforms. I used to care about when I was younger, but as I got older, I, yeah. I didn't care. A lot of people anymore. still do care about that, and a lot of people do care about seeing the proper Wolverine outfit and all that stuff. I I know yeah. that that's where a lot of the hope lies in in them redoing the X Men in the movies. Um, but it just to me. The, at this point, I'd rather they redo the entire X-Men's line of stuff and do that. I mean, it's a cool. The other thing, too, with me and X-Men stuff is like they're, they're being experimental with, say, stuff like Legion 
uh, Legion or um, the the new one. I forget it's called uh, Gifted. Uh, and then that's that. It's the the movie. Oh, the what? Well, um, X or something like that. Oh, New Mutants. I or, no no it, New Mutants is a show. Uh, what is the movie? No, called? it's not. It's uh that's a movie. That's uh it's coming out next year. New Mutants. Um, no no New Mutants is the one that's um is the, the show movie. that's gonna have. No, no, no. New Mutants is the one that's going to have uh, Squirrel Girl in it, and that's the TV series. No, 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 no. That's not how you can mix this. This is made from Marvel. This New Warriors. It's Squirrel Girl New Warriors. <laughs> Either way, yeah. um, they're, they're um, doing more experimental stuff that I'm enjoying with, with Fox owning everything. And with, uh, that's related to it um so yeah, i want to I see like where they logan go with that and, and i do like logan and deadpool and yeah that's that's like the first two fox movies of marvel that she liked huh, it is new mutants interesting yeah that's how it's you um it's, it's it's um and they had new warriors which is it's easy to get confused people have to, yeah. the um word new on it so yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah anyway. Marvel's making new warriors with freeform. That's what you got mixed up with. And... Gotcha. Well, either way, um, I, I like the experimentation they're doing, so I'm, I'm curious to see where that um, where that goes. Um, but yeah, that's why I was I, surprised it... they were doing this um, this whole um, talks with Disney to buy them, and it's like. Were you guys just experimenting on the <laughs> with the X Men? Yeah. Like, why? It's like why all this all of a sudden? That's why I think it's just it just talks, and it's more that Disney made him an offer, not that it's something that um, Fox is taking seriously or anything. So we'll see how that goes. I'm curious. I'll, you know, I'm whatever. As long as it's not a bunch of stupid stuff, I'm I'm willing to watch anything. So okay. Um, I'm willing to give anything a chance with with these movies just because I think they're interesting and um, and uh, you know I, I like I like I like the superhero genre um, so I'm not burned out on it I just want good movies um, yeah I haven't even burned out as of yet you know there's a well, lot I, I feel like we're bacon <laughs> I feel like people just say they're burnt out but they still go and also the other problem with that is that like um, you know, a lot of people, to me, I, as much as the Marvel movies have been successful and they're fun and they're watchable and everything, they're still not great movies, which is why I feel like people are still burnt out on it or stay there oh. because the movies aren't that different from each other. And there's a bunch of them and they're not like great. Unique well, movies to me, the Captain America movies have been great. So far. Uh, yeah, um, I think the second, all three Captain America movies are probably the strong. I think this Captain America yeah, movie is the strongest, strongest one. Trilogy. Really. Uh, the first Iron Man is still really good. I like the third one too. The second one's alright, yeah. but I, I, I still think right. the third one's good. Yeah. Think, um, it's got a lot of great storytelling in it, and I loved its um, whole arc with Tony not neat and not having the armor. I think that was a, that was a smart move on their part to show that Tony is Iron Man. It's not the suit that's Iron Man. It's him. Yeah. Um, and in Thor, um, the second Thor is not great. It's still watchable and fun, but the, the first one's good, and then the third one's great. I love Thor Ragnarok. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the best ones they've made overall, even better than both Guardians of the Galaxies, because I feel like the humor is a lot more consistent and strong. The the set design, character arcs, the character uh, general no, character I, stuff is better. And I guess you could start talking about Thor right now, and it's, yeah, because they're already talking about it. Um, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, there's nothing else. There's no other important news to talk about. I mean, um, it's, it's it's it was a great movie. I really liked it. It was definitely in my top five Marvel movies now. I did enjoy Thor. Um, I at first I didn't um didn't know how I felt about it. Like I did enjoy it, but uh, I thought it was okay. But then when I started talking about it with my boyfriend and my friend. Um, it, it starts to me realize how much I did enjoy it. Like, I I don't know if you understand the kind of feeling. Like, you don't know how you feel about a movie until you start actually talking about it with people. To some degree, yeah, it, it tends to happen a lot. Um, that's what I do with my girlfriend and I. We talk about a movie after watching it, and then it really solidifies how much I liked it or not. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, Thor was, was good for both of us. It had great humor. Um, that we loved, and um, I like the a lot of the action sequences. The character works great. I mean, it's seriously the the sense of humor in the movie is really done well to me. Um, and yeah, I agree. I I loved oh a lot. Like I just I I like that style of kind of you know interrupting a situation if. You, of drama with a little bit of levity um, that they used in it. Um, it worked for me a lot. A lot of people said it was like, oh, you got to let the sadness kind of permeate and um, sit, but, and not interrupt it with a sense of realistically in life, you know, we kind of have to laugh off the, the bad parts and that's what it kind of does. And that's what the humor did for me. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. and going back to, overall creativity with the look of the movie it is really nice and colorful it was really i love the designs of sakar it looked like everyone else says it's it's very jack kirby-esque with its colors and geometry and um Um, design um i'm not the only like i had a few disappointments with certain characters um it was um like who? uh um corn I forgot Korg is it Korg yes yeah, Korg <laughs> Korg um it was and Scourge the executioner uh-huh. those are the only two characters that I, I was kind of disappointed about why is it? I like uh, Korg or Krogan or whatever his name is uh, quite a bit he, he Korg very, yeah very funny. I did, he was real funny, but uh, it's just that that wasn't his character in the comic books, I think. Yeah, because uh, he was more of a serious character. He wasn't really trying to, he wasn't funny. And they totally know, changed like... him in, in there. A lot of characters that aren't well known, and I think when it comes to his character, I wouldn't say that he was directly funny in that he was just kind of matter yeah. of fact. And it just comes off as funny because he's also soft-spoken. 
Like everything he said wasn't like he's trying to get a laugh. He's all just he's just being serious the whole time. It just his voice makes it sound like is like yeah, that was weird. Had, they came like a like a Scottish accent thing. What's his New Zealand accent? Because it's actually the director okay. Taika Waititi. Um, uh, he's a, a Maori New Zealander. Okay. Um, and he he's there's a lot of New Zealand in the movie. Like the uh, uh, Grandmaster's right hand woman, that like uh, kind of um, Polynesian looking woman uh, who wanted to kill Valkyrie early on. Uh, uh, she's she was in his movie. I think she's in all his movies, but I know she's just like a big character in Hunt for the Wilder People, which is his previous film. Um, and Sam ne- Sam Neil, uh, which is funny because there's two Jurassic Park people in the movie. Oh. Um, uh, I haven't seen Jurassic well. Park World. I had to check that out someday. Yeah, but he was you know Sam Neil from the original Jurassic Park. Uh, he is. Uh, Oh yeah, the, um, Grandmaster. Grand. Yes, Grand. I, I, yeah. no, I know no, he's in no, the. No, no. Not him. No, no, no. That's Jeff oh, okay. Goldblum who plays Grandmaster. But <laughs> yeah. no, there's Sam Neill is the guy who plays um, Grant Alan Grant in the original one. He's like the main character of the original one with the, the hat. Um, um, in this one, he's. I mean, not like there's not to spoil anything, but like in, early on in the movie, there's a play, and he plays one of the actors in the play. Um. He played, you know, playing Odin, um, and he's—it's just a small cameo. But he also was in the Hunt for the Wilder People uh, as the main character. And Taika Waititi, who was the director, he played Korg, and he did the motion capture for Korg, and then the 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 big giant demon character—I already forgot his name—Surtur. Um, oh, Surtur, Surtur. Surtur. He has another character they—I <laughs> really want to see more of, and they didn't do much. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that comes up in in uh, infinity wars but um um to, to me, like i said to me uh a lot of why Corey comes off as funny is not because he's saying funny things necessarily it's just that he's just very matter of fact much like it's like drax but in a more lighthearted way because his speech pattern is like well that's how it is you know like he's just a yeah working guy who he's just, not you know, trying to force it it seems like with drax he was <laughs> I don't know, with them, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, Volume 2, uh, it seemed like a lot of, for- there's like some forced humor in there. Uh, there's a couple scenes that are a bit more forced. It still works for me because I just think uh, Dave Batista does a good job with the character that it's still funny to me. Um, yeah, it was still the funny, part, like too much of it. It's still That's the same funny. thing where he just kind of says, anything where he yells the joke was not as good, but when it, he had a moment just because where he's just saying something and it just comes off funny. Like when he's mm-hmm. telling the story of his how he met his wife, and how hideous um, what's her name is. Um, those oh, are the funny part. Yeah, Mantis. Those are the funny bits to me because he's just saying things, and they're yeah. just mean, but he doesn't realize how mean it is to say it. Yeah, that's and why I got kind of tired of it after a while with Mantis. But like, for me, those are the scenes that work. The scenes that are still funny to me, but I can like they can get tiring, or like when he's getting excited to have his emotions read, and and. Uh, when he acts like a ch- like a big child, yeah. excited to go outside. I mean, and I can see else... why Drax do that because he's yeah. not really familiar with making jokes, and yeah, this is first excited. time doing it. So it's like he doesn't know how to control himself. He's constantly uh, tells a joke, and he doesn't know when to stop. Yeah, but that's that's ultimately um, to me why I like Korg is that he's the same side of that kind of coin. 
that Jax is where he's just a very matter-of-fact character. It's just because his tone of voice, he's just funny at the same time. Um, and then when it comes to Scourge, I can agree that Scourge wasn't used as well as I'd like. I was hoping more. His introduction was the best part, I think. Yeah. That was really funny, and it just kind of sh- like shows him as being like, yeah, I'm I'm cool. I want to be like a, a known yeah, I like person. I like her. I mean, what her often Urban was doing with him it's just it didn't do much with him. It's just like yeah, and it's, just like and try to squeeze him in there and didn't do much uh, screen time with him. That's the only problem yeah. I have with it. And that's my only yeah, that's my thing to it. It's it's all it came down to just being um, uh, character work, how much he appears in it. Versus everyone else, he just doesn't get as much time to develop the character beyond his introduction. You know, his introduction is, you know, he's like, he's a, he's a weird guy who yeah. likes violence. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did always like violence. Uh, but that's, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, Thor, I, I give a hearty thumbs up. I'm very happy with it, and I hope more movies... And that's another thing with the humor is that it's not so much quippy. You know, a lot of the, the jokes weren't like, you know, just saying like they're one lines. It's just actual character interactions. Like when Thor makes a line, he's not just saying like uh, a funny line to make fun of the guy that just, he's just sort of, you know, like a lot of the humor to me with Thor's character was him just kind of lying a lot, especially to Bruce about who's better. You know, he just kind of, it, it made more sense with the character where he's just kind of like lying or or overconfident about himself to like a jock. Like he's very jockey and competitive Yeah. between him and Loki or between him and Banner or Hulk. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not just him making a one line that just said, that says like, well, oh yeah, well, you too. You know, it's just, it's just more... <laughs> akin to his character that I like, um, and it worked for me. Um, I was just kind of weird out that, because uh, um, Scourge is always with um, Enchantress, and she's obviously not in this movie, but it's just kind of weird they introduce him without her, and it's just, I kind of, right. I mean, I think he would have more screen time if Hela wasn't there and they had Enchantress. Right, right. Because he has more he has more of a history with her than Hela. He, I don't think he, I don't think he ever had a history with Hela, and uh, it was just kind of weird they had that dynamic for me. And uh, but other than that, it was pretty good. I mean, I like what he did with Scourge. I just wish he had more time with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I just wish he could have done more with him, and he didn't really use his uh, axe that much, I noticed. <laughs> he used um, guns, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I didn't think that he would use that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what is it? Um, I'm not sure... Because I'm still expecting a TV, but I'm not sure if it's coming right now. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Uh, so yeah, um, I don't know. Um, how did you like um Hella? I don't. Um, how did you feel about her? 
I feel like uh, she did. I, I think Kate Blanchett did a great job with her character-wise, where she's very imposing and cool, and like uh, her backstory has been kind of a kind of like Loki, where she's just kind of a a, a child of Odin who is not appreciated the way she feels she should be, but mm-hmm. worse because she was she already had a sense of like death and destruction, and that's who she was, and she was being suppressed from being who she really truly is by Odin and being locked away for it and being punished for it. So she had a chip on her shoulder. The, pro- the only problem I have with that, her over that is just that she was much like Scourge. She wasn't used enough. A, a lot of the movie was focused on Thor, Banner, Sakaar overall. And it, it's fine with me. I, it works for, for the movie. It just, that. yeah, that's one problem. I did have the movie. They like had so much packing in there. Yeah. And it's, it works, but at the same time, it, it sacrifices a lot of character work for Hela. But it, it's still cool because she, Kate Blanchett plays the character so well. Yeah, she she's did. so imposing otherwise. I agree. She was great. It's just they could have done more with her, and I hope they can include her uh, further in the movie. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy Hela a lot. She was um, she was pretty awesome. I mean... Clay Blanchett did a great job with that character, and I did like the 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 look of the character too. Like the costume looked really close to the comic book version, and she did the she played the character really well. Like she did the the personality really well, and um, I didn't mind it so much that they changed the origin to like. She was Odin's um, daughter rather than Loki. Right. Yeah, see, I don't know much about Hela herself and her origins in the comic books. It's uh, the same that... origin. It's just with Loki instead of oh, okay. Odin. Which I feel like they do that in a lot of comic book movies anyway, is that if it, if it works for the story, they'll change, fudge things like that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so. And, uh, um... They did, they did borrow some things from um, Angela, Queen of Hell, because uh, in that series, um, that's um, Angela's door sister, and um, she becomes Hela for a bit. Right. Hela dies, and she decides to become Hela, but then um, Hela um decides she comes back alive and fights back. Right. So yeah. All right. Well, I'm 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 gonna have to read more into her. I, I find the character interesting, and I want to learn more about her. And uh, so I'm cu- I'm curious about her. Uh, yeah, I noticed they they actually put some things from Angela into Hello. So, all right. But um, yeah, I thought it was fine. I um, they they made Hella to Thor's sister, which is right. Pretty interesting. I actually yeah, like the there. For me, it's um one of those things where. I'm not like tied to the comic books to movies. Yeah, I, they don't have to like follow that. comic books by the letter. It's just I just want to. They see can have some book. influence, but not. Yeah, not that I exactly. See, I want to see the cool costumes in real life, and I want to see them fight, and I want to see just good storytelling with these characters. You know, um, like Thor. Thor is not that really much like his comic book counterpart at all, but he works in the movie, and he's fun, and I like. Well, I feel like he movies. is. I mean, because <laughs> Thor is not really that intelligent, and he did kind of show that in the in the uh, movie. 
Oh no, yeah, the jockey nature. I'm talking about more like, say, his alter ego is the the doctor and everything. Oh no, that was that was a terrible idea in the comic books. <laughs> I kind of yeah. understand why they stood away from that anyway. It simplifies it, of course, and that's what I mean. Like it's, but there's things like that that I feel like are really different, but they work anyway. And even Tony Stark wasn't exactly like he's like Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of way how he talks and everything, but you know. Because I've read old Iron Man comics, and he wasn't always like that. But he was definitely he was like that, but not to the extent that he is now, especially how he's written in comic books today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. the same thing with how with the upcoming Black Panther movie, or how he how Black Panther is in Civil War. Everything I've read that involves Black Panther, it, there's a lot of that in the character, but I feel like what's missing from that, and I hope they do that in future movies, is that. Black Panther is an kind of a self-centered asshole. Yeah, I um, agree. <laughs> this, I mean, they touch on it a little bit, and it's and it's an understandable side to him that he's a self-centered asshole because he's self-centered and he's all—he's not self-centered on himself. He's centered around his him and his country, and that's all yeah. that matters in all life, which makes him an asshole to everyone else because he'll refuse to help. If it puts his country in jeopardy, which of course is the quality of a good king, but at yeah. the same time, that's shitty when he could really be of a, a, a help to everyone else. Um, and they, I mean, they touched on it a little bit in the original because I feel like that's the motivation for him in the movie is to to join everything is because he's like trying to protect his country, and he, you know, he feels attacked, so he's gonna he's gonna get into the suit and 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 you know fuck shit up. Yeah. I really but in the new movie trailers, yeah. So neither can I. But I feel like in the new movie, so far what I see, it just shows him too, being too more, more regal, and and more of a normal like kind of king, but not like yeah. like kind of. He's. I mean, he's still fighting his way, but I feel like a big, interesting aspect of him is that he is an asshole, and mm-hmm. and he's a little, he's, he's, and he's strong, and and he's a strong king, and he's well loved, and all that stuff. Um, well, it's kind of hard to tell that from a trailer, so... Yeah, I know, of <laughs> I course. I'm, we I'm, have to I'm, wait until... We I'm not saying he it. is that. I just, I'm afraid that they're going to ignore that part because, they, you know, he, him being, like, the first black superhero they're going to have on film like this. Yeah. Like, having a solo movie. Well, besides Spawn, I guess. Um, and Blade. You don't want to make... <laughs> and Blade. But, like, the first big, big, you know, kind of character. Yeah, I Also, I think his Black Panther is supposed to be the first black superhero in general. Yeah, it's um, like how Wonder Woman was like the first big female lead um superhero movie. And then we had Electra, but no one really cared about that. I mean Yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. It's the same example. But um but he um but I, I understand that they might be afraid to kinda of touch that he can be a bit of a dick to the other Avengers overall. <laughs> um because they yeah. wanna make him like likable. They wanna make him likable they want to make sure you know people can relate to them relate to him but i don't know it's such, to me it's just a big part of his character and how he interacts with the other avengers that's what i like it's the same thing with kind of like with dr strange because in the in the movie i love the movie but at the same time I, I didn't feel like i got kind of the character of him where he's more mysterious and he's in the background he doesn't help with the bigger avengers stuff all the time and he's you know he can be a bit he he has some aspects of him where he's a bit like, you know, I'm all powerful, but it's not the same. But in Thor, 
it was, it was, he's used well where he's just kind of a, a helpful content. Yeah, he to, just had to, to help them get to Odin and that was it. I mean, and, it, and it's and it's that same kind of thing where he's there when they need him. It's mysterious. He's mysterious, and mm -hmm. and uh, and I hope to see more of that in the future with him. Um, like I I know he's going to be in the new Avengers movie, but I just feel like he's not going to be used that much because it's just that's how he is. Mm -hmm. He's but um, we'll see we'll see the future movie. I'm I'm really excited about Black Panther. I'm really excited about Infinity War. See how they pull that off and. Yeah, and uh, I I I enjoyed Thor for the most part. I'll give it two thumbs up too. And um, I just I just feel like uh <laughs> that the movie if the movie was maybe longer, they probably could have had enough room to fit everything in there. But I was yeah. I. I enjoyed it surprisingly with all the, the content that I have. I mean, I'm glad it didn't have as much humor as Cars of the Galaxy because uh, Cars of the Galaxy did overplay it a lot. And um, yeah. I, I kind, I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel. I don't know which movie is better. Honestly, I keep thinking that Cars of the Galaxy Volume Two is better because. I felt like I had a more um groundbreaking story with his dad. Like it was more deeper there than what they had in mm -hmm. Thor. Didn't have that much of a uh like emotional story in here. At least I didn't think so. Right. But to me, it felt like Thor was just all about having fun. And I get that. That's why I think I enjoyed Guardians more than Thor. But I did. Gotcha. I did enjoy Thor. A lot, and yeah. um, I did like what they did with Hulk. I mean, Hulk was really fun, and I wish you could see more of him. I think I wish he he was able to get another solo movie. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we will see, and um, yeah, I I I agree with all those things. It's it could have used more time and uh. Even though I found out the movie was like, I f I didn't realize that it was, um, it was two hours and ten minutes, and it's like wow, I didn't realize it was that. I felt like it was shorter. Yeah, it was a really nice breeze through. So we'll see how yeah. you know we'll see where things go from here. And I I hope Taika Waititi gets to do more things like this. Um, he's he's definitely a really good director, uh, and writer and comedian. So mm -hmm. I mean. Um, is uh what other movies he's written? Taki Waiti, I don't uh his yeah, his two one well movies before this one was uh What We Do in the Shadows, which was kind of a mockumentary style movie about a a group of vampires who are roommates and uh and they show their day to day lives and it's really funny. That has Jermaine Clement, oh. Clement from uh The Flight of the Concords in it as one of the main vampires. Um it's really funny. And Taika Waititi uh, plays one of the main vampires as well. Um, and then his previous movie was Hunt for the Wilder People, which I haven't seen, but that's more of a coming-of-age story in New set in New Zealand uh, about, like, kind of a troublemaking kid who gets sent away to, like, this house, like, to live with this, like, his family or whatever. And, mm -hmm. like, the old gentleman who lives, who's part of the family, he's just kind of a 
crazy person who lives in the who kind of goes out to the woods and they have this adventure um trying to get away from some people that or something i don't know the exact plot i just know it's supposed to be really funny it's supposed to have a really sweet heart to it um and it's it looks great i've I've been meaning to watch a lot i think it's on amazon right now if you have amazon prime or at least uh hbo add-on for amazon prime because i can watch it right now if i wanted to oh (laughs) i'll probably check it out i haven't having i'm not really familiar with the guy's work um i think the only thing i've had seen is thor (laughs) and i think it's what we do in the shadows and what we do in the shadows is a lot of that same sense of humor it's a bit yeah drier if anything i guess but even then it's 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 really funny and it has a lot of unsuspecting moments in it um okay and it and it's really funny because of that because you just kind of caught off guard a lot and it's also well made it it feels like a it pretty much feels like a proper documentary and the only reason you know it's not is because it's about vampires and they're doing stupid kind of normal roommate mm-hmm. stuff with vampire powers it's it's really it's and i love the the way they kind of treat um the kind of vampire lore in it like mm-hmm. what's like it's it's really funny um that one's on amazon as well uh and i highly recommend that that's it's really funny i love that one all right um is there a favorite scene that you liked from thor um uh ooh, that's a tough one. um I don't know. There's a part in the movie that I I really love. I don't want to like give it away, but it just involves Bruce Banner and a bridge. Um, oh, and well, you could. I mean, I, I don't. I, I I don't know if if there's anyone listening and who's seen it or not. I don't want to spoil that. Because oh. <laughs> I had great... the intention of of what is it? People who have seen it to watch the podcast. Um. Well. I, mean, I agree. I, I, that is my favorite scene. I mean, like, it's with, a great moment. It's it's yeah, so the bridge, good. the rainbow bridge, and yeah, I like that. And then I love the uh, battle between Hulk and Thor. Um, I thought that was really well done, just for how they interact with each other and uh, yeah, and I like um, the, the fight whole, scene itself. The raging fire was a reference to that scene. Like the, I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah. And, and it's it's uh it's it's I, I I like those probably two scenes the most. Um, I I just like the I, I don't know I like a lot of it. I love the Doctor Strange sequence. It's used really well. Um, the humor in it is it's just surprisingly good. I was I was really happy to kind of see uh, Strange more comfortable with his powers and like to the point that he just kind of uses them without thinking and he just kind of in humorous ways um mm-hmm. so I, I like that a lot um but yeah the rainbow bridge and and banner was one of my favorite bits it was just it was yeah, perfect yeah. For, <laughs> like the, perfect. the humor part came up with that and, and, with and it's a nice callback to uh the edward norton incredible hulk too oh really um, i didn't notice that yeah, if you remember from that, because there's a similar sequence where he kind of he jumps out of a plane. Oh yeah, yeah. My boyfriend was telling me that. I just forgot again. Yeah, yeah he did something I mean, about I, I watched that helicopter lot, so. scene. There yeah, is a I watched that movie a lot. Yeah, I saw it. I think like twice, and that's about it. And it's been so long, so I don't remember that much of it. But I did really enjoy that movie too. Um, 
So yeah, that's pretty much my favorite scene. So um, what else is there? Um, did she like um Valkyrie? I I really much enjoyed her character. So how they oh, did it. I love I, I love her character too. I love that she was uh, as she I love that she was really good at everything she does, but at the same time she was extremely flawed because she was an alcoholic. And yeah, reason, and she she had also her story her past. Really yeah, to, yeah, it kind of made a struggle where go ahead. My friend, when I talked to him about it, he equated it to him being her basically being uh, kind of Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty in a lot of ways. Really? She, <laughs> well, because it's the same thing. She's smart, she's capable, and she does it all while being extremely drunk. Yes, I see that. And having that. dark demons of her past. It's the same thing with Rick. And she has a similar look at the world where she knows she's good at what she does, but she doesn't care. She's just doing it to, for the money to supply her alcohol habit, to just kind of supply her, her excursions. She doesn't really care about anything. She's, I, it, to me, she comes off as a bit of a nihilist um, throughout most of the movie. Because um, after, you know, because of her backstory and, and everything, she just doesn't care and just wants to feel numb. At the same yeah, time, I think she's... I think the reason why she wanted to feel that way is because of what she went through her past, and yeah, and it just that to me was very interesting. It was very understanding to her to feel that way because I would feel that way too. But um, yeah, and um, I noticed I heard that people um that she was supposed to be a different rockery. She's not the same one in the comic books. But she has about she has the same origin and um she has the same personality. It's just they gave her a different name. That was it. Yeah, and that's once again it's the same kind of thing, like everything else in the movie versus thing. Um how it's the same thing with how they're doing they're gonna be treating the Captain Marvel movie in a year or two because they're probably not gonna mention Marvel at all or if if any, you know, very little. Um I think they might mention Marvel because it's Kind of important how she gets her powers. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Uh, it's true. I do think I, I'm, I think that movie is one of the, like the ones I'm most curious about because I am very interested to see how they're going to set up her origin as Captain Marvel, when a big part of her origin is that she's Miss Marvel first, and then she becomes Captain Marvel, and then who the original Captain Marvel is. So like, and then that's gonna. Be I know they're gonna scrap the whole Miss Marvel part and. I think that's what they're gonna do. It's possible and it's possible not because they're saying that it's gonna be set in the '90s, and to me, that's gonna that to me shows that they're gonna try to do something where it's like uh, like Ant Man, where um, they're gonna show or do the original thing, like with Ant Man, they're gonna show um, what's his name, uh, Hank, Hank Pym, Jim. yeah, but he, like he's in the past, and then he's always existed, much like this one. I feel like they're gonna do something similar where. You know, she was Miss Marvel at some point, but they're probably going to treat it differently. Like, she was, like, more of a, like, that's what she called herself and or whatever. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It's, it's Like I said, it's interesting. I'm curious about that. Um, but it, it, that's a similar thing to me with a lot of fudging the origins with a lot of characters, much like Valkyrie. It's just, you kind of have to do what you got to do to, because you need that synergy between the comics and the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, and it's and it's, yeah, it's it's. I'm really curious about that one, because yeah, because was it uh the original Captain Marvel hasn't been in, hasn't been alive for what like 50, 
like a long time. I know that. Yeah, extremely long time. I mean, like at least 10, 15 years. I don't even know. I feel like I feel, I feel like when I looked it up, it was like even in the nineties. It's more like it's just like Phoenix Jean Grey. She just recently came back, and it says it's been fourteen years since she's been. No, she's been dead. Like, yeah, like and, and a lot um, of years. And that to me is, is you know, in, in Captain America. Captain Marvel is what they have been doing with um, with what's oh, I can't re- remember her name right now. Carol. Uh, Marvel. Okay, yeah, Kara Danvers. Um, Carol Danvers. Um, she's she's of course known as Miss Marvel for years, but now she's been Captain Marvel for a good like six seven years now, and that makes sense to sell that. It just because of that, you have to settle a lot of her story. Oh. Well, I just need to send my message now. <laughs> Maybe you need to head out soon. Uh, but she's been um, uh, um, she's she's been um, you know, Miss Marvel. She was about Miss Marvel for eighteen years or something before she um, before she became Captain Marvel. So it's it's a lot of things that they're gonna have to figure out, and I'm curious to see where that goes. I'm excited to see where it goes. I think Brie Larson will be a good Captain Carol Danvers, and uh, yeah. I hope I hope it leads to um, to Kamala Khan Miss Marvel movie. Yeah, but I don't know how they're gonna. Uh, I'm not sure we're gonna see that as of yet. Like, yeah, I know that's like a far future thing. I don't, I'm not sure they're gonna be able to squeeze that in. I don't know. Maybe like after on um, Phase Four, they'll probably do that. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I think, I guess you could call it the last thing for this podcast. Um, is any, is there, um, I guess you could talk about Dark Knight's Metal. I mean, yeah, I, can, I mean, we in general, we can kind of go over our, um, yeah, then that'll be it. week and what we're, what we're currently recommending, you know? All right. Um, so yeah, the, you know, what Dark Knight what, Metals title do you want to talk about? I mean, I wasn't going to go over it too much. It was just more that, um, like, what I'm currently reading has, has been uh, definitely pretty much all of Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal is, uh, of course, the story uh, that's been long gestating by Scott Snyder with his Batman story, um, leading that he yes, had um, hints throughout his whole Batman run. Um it it's is just, uh, the dark multiverse. Yeah, the dark multiverse, and they've um, it's like the origin of the nymph metal. Uh, yeah, material. to some extent, yeah, and like what it what it really is and how it affects everything, and and it's it's been great. I, I'm loving it. Um, I know not everyone does. Um, I'm loving it so far too. I, I agree. It's very comic booky. It's very um, it's it's it ties in a lot of uh, past storylines. Uh, into itself really nicely. Um, I love the artwork by Greg Capullo, and the tie-ins have been great. They're fun. Yeah, kind of, the tie-ins are all, great. I'm surprised. They're I not all what well, you know the best written stories or anything, but it's just they work. Like all the origin books for each Batman have been very interesting. To see oh yeah, they... I really like that. Um, the only one I was disappointed with was was Red Death, but all the other ones. I like the were... Red Death. I think the Red Death and um. The Merciless? I think that's the Wonder Woman one. Yeah, I really like the Merciless one. That one was my favorite one. 
I think those are my two favorites. Murder Machine was pretty good too, and I don't really. Yeah, that I like before. Murder Machine too. I think my least favorite one was maybe Dawnbreaker. Um, I liked it, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I liked about it. it. I think I quickly forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. The what was it the the Gotham City thing with Titans, Nightwing, and Suicide Squad was surprisingly good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I didn't enjoy it that much. I thought it was alright. The... It's 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 its own story that kind of shows like what these characters were doing are doing during uh the events of metal. It's not groundbreaking or anything, but I I like the interactions and stuff like that. Um, the current one where it's the Justice League, um, fighting their incarnations of the, of the um, the multiverse Batman's is. I did like, I like that one. I did like how um Green Arrow had a relationship with um Damian like. Yeah, they they worked well together. They worked well, pretty well together, you know. Yeah, and I, I like seeing the chemistry, like, like father and son kind of thing. Yeah, well, but it wasn't, you know, it's not his father, but it's like, yeah, the way the relationship can, was like that. I think he can respect Green Arrow because he's similar to his dad and how he's a vigilante. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, um, go ahead. It's fine. And then this past week was uh, Batman Lost. Um, yeah. To show what's going on with Bruce while he's kind of in this, uh, what is it, the tuning fork? I think he's trapped in or something. I guess so. It's like a dreamscape kind of thing. Yeah, that he's. Being I think by. everybody's stuck in a dreamscape. I notice. Yeah, I know that a lot of the Justice Leaguers are being taken to the anti-monitor uh, multiverse fork thing. Um, that's mm -hmm. supposed to keep everything in in check, and they're being used kind of like a battery uh, for that. And um, and that's that's I'm I'm I I can't wait for the next issue to kind of make sense a bit of a couple of things, but um, it's been good there. But Batman Lost shows what's going on in Batman's mind, and it's scary how it comes together. It's 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 really interesting how it sifts through his history and how they're using his history against him to kind of get what they need from him to use him as their conduit to break through to further into the the main multiverse and destroy everything so um i've been enjoying how that's going yeah. um it was a really good issue all the artwork was really good yeah very enjoyable i did i did enjoy it too um i did like the whole um what is it like bruce wayne talking to um his daughter in the dream sequence and um and was it her daughter? No, it's, her, it's his granddaughter, right? I think. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I did like the whole um, the story with the uh, with his um, original Batman suit and the purple gloves. I thought that was interesting. That little story there. And um, you, I can see that Batman Batman was struggling with. He didn't know. He was like uh, going to like different stories like his mind was like puzzling like he kept going to mm -hmm. different dream sequences like he would be somewhere else and then go back to where he was originally at mm -hmm. and he just kept going to he's going to different po um, places at point of time which is which is pretty interesting and i noticed there was some influence from um I don't remember that storyline when Batman was dead in the pre-52 mm -hmm. and he went back in time and like he was stuck in time with 
the dark side. Yeah. Like he was like a caveman, and then he was like a a uh, steampunk Batman. Like there was different types of Batman across time. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of that. I didn't read a lot of that just yet. I didn't read that much of it either, but I'm familiar with it. That's what. It, that's why I know some things about it. And and it, I kind of saw some of the Batman's in there in that book. I know. Yeah, look at that. But yeah, that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, overall, the event has been really fun so far. I like how it ties into um, everything and. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it too. Um, is there um. Is there any other books you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I I had mentioned before the when we were talking earlier. Um, like the my like kind of my big pick of the week is probably Moon Knight. Um, the new Moon Knight issue. It's um, it's the first kind of big title from uh, Max Bemis, who's lead singer of a band called Say Anything, who was one of my favorite bands. So I've been following his writing career since uh, he started doing that, and. You know, I was nervous for him, and I was happy to see that it was. It's an actually very good book. It's very, um, it's very, uh, it's it's very haunting. It's um, it's it doesn't feature Moon Knight really in any real form at all. It's, it's yeah, I just found that kind of weird. That I was like waiting to see where where Moon Knight was gonna end up in the issue, and he's not yeah. there at all. But I it's think. a good. <laughs> it's a good setup for a new villain for Moon Knight, yeah. um, which if you've read any of his interviews before this, when he was talking about it, um, he's he, uh, Max felt like you know, everyone kind of has their counterpart villain, uh, you know, Joker and Batman or even Ra's al Ghul, uh, uh, Flash and Anti-Flash, uh, Sherlock Moriarty and all that. And they all kind of have a lot of them have their own kind of thing. But he felt like Moon, Moon Knight doesn't have a definitive villain to him and he wanted to try to do that. And I like where he's going with it. And it's a good start, and I hope he can land, make you know, make the character compelling throughout because he was really interesting in this one, just setting him up before mm-hmm. he's really anything yet. And when he becomes sort of this villain at the end of the issue, um, he's terrifying. He's very scary, and yeah, it's it's intriguing to see that where he could go with this because he it's it's weird because he's not it's not like he knows exactly who Moon Knight is and who, who that he wants to destroy Moon Knight. He, it's not like a simple, like, I must destroy you. It's more that he knows, because this character has this power that, um, uh, that, that he equates himself with the Egyptian god Amon-Ra, much like Moon Knight is Khonshu, and Khonshu being the son of Amon-Ra. So he wants to find whoever this is and kind of make him bow to him. And, and be his, his superior, possibly destroy him. And it's just how he goes about it, how he says it, and how he, he doesn't, you know, he, he, how he's, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be stopped. It just, it's, it's just really well done. Um, the artwork conveyed everything nicely, um, a good sense of, uh, of terror throughout intention. Um, Jason Burroughs did a good job good job of that and he's only done alan moore stuff i think before with providence necromonicon and stuff like that um which also has that similar style where it's just kind of 
realistic kind of drawings that build upon a mythos and it's unsettling every everything looks normal but unsettling and it's and it builds tension throughout and it worked really nicely for this book and i'm i'm really excited to see where it goes from here um yeah I'm i really did really like to leave there with the villain um i hope to see um what's more of him and uh i really did like i really like his if he the character is actually finding himself like he was figuring out who he was and i kind of like the whole talking to the psychiatrist thing it was really fun reading that part and yeah. like at the end he finds out who he really was yeah and it works nicely yeah. it, it works yeah it did really work nicely um and um there's also another series i want to talk about that i'm actually enjoying um it's um Iron Fist. That's one that I enjoy for the week. I think it came out two weeks ago. Um, it's with Sabretooth, and I really enjoy that. I heard good things about it. I've, I've read the first issue, and I liked it a lot. I just um, had too many books, so I yeah, haven't had a chance to follow it. It's the same writer but... as um Old Man Logan and uh, Cable. That's right, Ed Brisson. Yeah, yeah, Ed Brisson. Yeah. I actually like his writing a lot. Um, I just, I, I want to read more books of him. I'm not sure if he has any more books, but uh, I, I, I'm thinking of looking into it. Um, I know he had a couple before that. Um, there was a book that a coworker of mine liked that he did with Image that he had to stop early because of financial reasons because it wasn't selling. Oh, well. but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, I never knew any. Really interesting. He did a couple things before it. There's a graphic novel that came out a few months ago that we had on the shelf that was apparently like an original graphic novel of his, that, uh, kind of a crime book my friend really liked. And uh, he did another one, which I, I think it was called Violent something, or it started with a V. I would look into that because he said it was really good. I, I like the artwork in it. Um, but like I said, he had to stop early because it wasn't selling well enough and he had some financial issues. But then Marvel picked him up and... Uh, at, from just that work alone and now he's you know kind of one of the up-and-coming writers at marvel so he's doing really well and he's knocking it out of the park with all the books he's been on yeah i agree i really i really enjoy the iron fist series that he's writing right now um it's more like uh i know this is more uh kung fu kung thing like it's more it feels like you're watching a kung fu movie with yeah. iron fist. <laughs> like you're reading a yeah, reading a comfort movie with Iron Fist. And I did like I've had liked his interaction with Shang Chi. Like he was with Shang Chi for a couple of issues and then now it's with Sabretooth. And uh I kinda like the relationship with uh Sabretooth and Iron Fist are having. I mean it's like their chemistry is like they're trying to get along but they're they don't like and um right i like how this sign sabertooth is not written like an idiot like he usually is and i i kind of like right. they actually written like a smart guy because um they're both trying to figure they're working together and they're looking for um when there's a villain called um the constructor that sabertooth used to work with and for some reason someone is 
disguised as him and they're looking for they're trying to figure out who's disguised as him because the the construction that he was working with seven saber was working with it died right uh-huh. and um i'm not really familiar with that character but it, they describe it in the story and uh they're trying to figure out who the guy is and why is he working with this new villain that iron fist is fighting um I think it's conscious, I think that. And um yeah, they they're they're trying to figure out what's this this whole villain team up working coming up, um is interfering with Sabretooth and um Iron Fist. And I kinda like the dynamic that Iron Fist and Sabretooth is is having because he's just like Sabretooth is constantly bashing at Iron Fist for not being familiar with what goes on with villains, like their their underground work, like right, yeah, and and Iron Fist is like the outsider that like he always is, and it's just kind of funny seeing that, right? It's pretty good, and yeah. um, I'm surprised they actually work well together, the Iron Fist and Sabretooth. I never thought they will would, but they actually do. It's one of my favorite things in comics is when two characters you don't think will work end up working together. Yeah. You, gotta, you always got to try something, so. In my head. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know, but lately I have been liking um, Sabretooth as a good guy more than a bad guy because I know that he had a rivalry with Wolverine, but he never gave out yeah. a full reason why. It's like but... it's just they hate each other just to hate each other and this is never I never understood a reason for him to be bad. <clears throat> but then um I noticed when they turned him good with Scar- the, the Scarlet Witch spell and axes. Um they've been part the um writers have been writing him pretty well with that, like him being a good guy, which is something I never thought would work, but it is. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, um, I think that's. Oh, let me get some water. <laughs> yeah, my mouth just went dry all of a sudden. That was kind of weird. <laughs> um, no problem. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I think we could leave off at this point. And sure. End the show here. So um, I hope everyone enjoyed the um, the first episode of the podcast, and hopefully we get to uh, have this again maybe next week. Yeah, let's try. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I don't know. Hopefully we get to talk about Punisher or Justice League because that's one of the two things that's coming out next week. When it was this week, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hopefully, we can talk about it next week or the week after and see what we're sure. talking about. Gotta, hopefully, I get a chance to watch them both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually we'll hope see we have until then. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll sign off on the show. So, uh, bye, everyone. See ya. Thanks for chatting. All right.